A very haunted Friday the 13th to all of you. Welcome to episode 8 of the Horror Headquarters. Now Friday the 13th is known for its terror and the horror that it brings to people all across the world. People that believe in superstitions about driving at night, walking alone at night in an alleyway with little to no light. And then of course there's people that decide to go to a campsite that's been terrorized over the past couple of years. And decide that they want to be camp counselors. I mean, great. Phenomenal idea. Good for you. Just something that I would never do. <laughs> but a lot of superstitious locals warned them, told them not to go in, told them to quit while they were ahead. None of them listened, and they all paid a price. The movie I'm talking about, it's Friday the 13th from 1980. Friday the 13th was released on May 9th, 1980, and the director was Sean Cunningham. It had a budget of $550, and it made $59.8 million at the box office. Now, this film has a lot of infamous characters, a lot of famous actors, including Kevin Bacon, Petsy Palmer, Adrian King, and Laurie Bartram. Now, all of these are phenomenal actors and actresses, and watching this movie... I actually really enjoyed it. I barely recall any of it. I think the only scene that I remembered is something that I'll tell you guys later on. But I went into this fully biased, unbiased, excuse me, completely blind. And I was excited to see how much I would enjoy it. And I was pleasantly surprised because I actually really enjoy old fashioned horror films. And I'm trying to get rid of the stigma of like how hysterical it is. When you see them running away and they're like falling and like, no, stop it. <laughs> it's just funny. But I tried getting rid of that stigma for this movie because I know back then this was like normalized. This is what like terrorized people, what made them scared and all that stuff. So I'm excited to get to start talking about it with you guys. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode because I literally just released one yesterday. And I'm doing this as a special because a lot of you guys wanted this. So let's dive right into the film where I talk about some of my favorite scenes, some of the most amazing death scenes I've seen, and how gory this film really is, as well as the terror, of course. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> now, surprisingly, there wasn't any music in the beginning, like as the beginning credits were rolling out. And usually with these types of films, there's some kind of music playing, but... I mean, I don't recall any. Maybe I was deaf in the beginning, but it's it's interesting because if you guys have watched Halloween 1979, you would know like the entire beginning scene. Like there's um, a death scene and then there's the music that plays. It's just really intense. And this one just didn't have that same vibe. It kind of started off with people, camp counselors singing around a fire, you know, typical stuff. And then, of course, there was a makeout scene. That's how a lot of these horror films started. And... You guessed it, that's how they all die, because they're making out with each other on a couch or in bed or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I really liked the beginning because it started that way, and I loved how when, like, the killer, I don't want to see who it is right now, but when the killer, like, approached the kids, like, it was someone, like, they knew, someone they weren't scared of, but then someone died, and then the girl just starts running, screaming, 
um it's kind of like that dramatic thing i was telling about in the beginning like how she's like tumbling over herself trying to run away and then i loved how it like freezed on her like mid scream and it like zoomed in to her face as she's screaming and it's just a, a it's a frozen scene it's like the the screen is frozen in, but it's just zooming in to her face i found that scene so interesting i'm like oh this is gonna be a good film i just overall really liked the beginning of the film i think it really set up the rest of the film very well and i was like eager to see how this would carry out and then of course it said present day june 13th 1980 And when I said present day, I'm like, huh, this isn't present day anymore. It's like f- over 40 years now. But, you know, I suspended reality for a moment. And while I was watching, we are introduced to a girl named Annie. And she's like walking around town trying to get to Crystal Lake. And she walks into like some kind of grocery store or something. I think it's either a grocery store or a diner. I couldn't really tell. But she walks in and she's like, I'm trying to get to Crystal Lake. Any idea how to get there? And like everyone freezes because like they know like all the shit that happened you know like um 20 miles (laughs) it was just really funny but i'm so upset i'm like jumping around a lot because i don't want to lag too much on like the entire storyline but i was really hoping that annie would be a final girl in this film but she's killed off so quickly i'm like why do you introduce a character in the beginning and i like I thought that she was going to be a main character and then she gets killed off within like the first 10-15 minutes of the film. Like, no. Why do you guys do that? It's like if you did that with Laurie Strode in Halloween, you killed her off in the first 15 minutes. Then the rest of the film would make no sense. But, unfortunately, I should say fortunately, unfortunately. (laughs) Because I really like this character, but fortunately, there was a bunch of other characters that I really enjoyed watching throughout this film all the other camp counselors that attended the camp to kind of get it ready for all the kids but i was very very unpleasantly surprised and upset with how quickly annie was killed and also when the truck driver that like drove her halfway there he drove her like 10 miles of the 20 miles there he dropped her off at a cemetery Hmm. did we not remember episode two of the horror headquarters no rest in cemeteries Mm mm-mm I don't do cemeteries. I'm like, that was literally foreshadowing her fate in a way. Because you're dropping her off a cemetery to like walk the rest of the way. And then the reason, or the way she dies, excuse me, she gets in a car because she's trying to get to the camp and the car won't stop and it's going the wrong way and she ends up jumping out and the person driving the car murders her. <sighs> it was such an upsetting moment. I'm like, no, why? I want to see what was going to happen. If she was a main character, but <laughs> I'm going to try putting that sorrow away for now. Now we're introduced to all these camp counselors and then like they're all driving in the same car, getting ready, trying to figure out what to do before they have to set up and everything and they were actually expecting everything to be completed but they arrived and there was still so much to do and we're introduced to alice and jack in this moment who are like the two heads of the camp i'm assuming and they're just both really good actors and actresses i thought they had a really good connection with each other um they obviously have like a little love affair going on but 
it's not like too crazy but like when the other camp counselors arrive they're like trying to help out with everything you know setting up the camp it's every everything's normal right now i just want to make that clear like everything starts out normal with every horror film it starts out like a regular normal day nothing going wrong and like it's after this scene when all the camp counselors come that's when annie is killed but like they're like expecting her to come because like she's the chef they're like who's gonna cook for us <laughs> like you guys can literally cook it's not difficult but it was interesting and i loved the scene where they like went swimming and one of the guys like acted like he was drowning because it was kind of foreshadowing in a way even though he didn't die drowning but the way we find out that jason the one that plays the evil person in friday the 13th was drowned and killed because the camp counselors were not paying attention to the kids at the camp so that's why it was like shut down for like a year or whatever something else i want to point out is that this film progressed so quickly it's so short too it's literally an hour and 35 minutes but i was expecting like a 10 minute credit scene the credit scene was only like three minutes long so it wasn't too bad on the timing but i wanted it to be longer because like everything progressed really quickly that doesn't mean that the film was bad. I actually really enjoyed this film and there were a lot of jump scares throughout it that I like covered my mouth and I was like, <gasps> but I like couldn't scream because everyone's sleeping. But I definitely want to watch this movie again. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I know I shouldn't even be probably saying that right now when I'm recording it, but I definitely want to watch it again because I really enjoyed it and I feel like I'll enjoy it even more and understand it more if I watch it a second time through. pretty sure there's a bunch of affairs happening in this film because i think one of the girls is cheating on like her original boyfriend or something i don't know this is why i have to watch it again but like he gets really upset and he like walks away and he bumps into like this person like he sees someone he's like hello do you need help do you need any assistance and that's the last time we see him and i really enjoyed this character and i can't remember his name right now or who he played because everything just happens so quickly but he ends up dying, unfortunately. And of course, when he's dead, when we find out he's dead, it's when two of the people in the film are making out literally in the bed, the bunk bed right below him. And he's dead right above. I'm like, oh my God, that's horrible. That's terrifying. I don't know how the hell they didn't see him when they first walked into the cabin. I'm like, he's literally right there on top of the bed. How can you not see him right there or even sense that something's wrong? I'm like, he's literally bleeding out. And you guys, like, want to make out in the bed. I can't say the S word because I'm pretty sure it won't be good for reviews right now if I say it. But it was just weird. It was weird. I'm like, okay, fine. No, I can't emphasize it enough. The deaths in this film were so brutal, like even worse than Halloween, and I can't even believe I'm saying that. Like they were so gory and disgusting. There was one scene where like the guy that was just making out with the girl in the bed, the girl like goes away to wash up, like I said, and he's like just laying down and everything, and a piece of blood, a, like a drop of blood, excuse me, I said a piece of blood, drops on his forehead, and he like touches it, and then he looks up, and I think he sees like the blood dripping through the mattress at this point but before he can react <laughs> he gets killed it's just so intense and I, oh my god it happens so quickly i'm like oh my god he's gonna find it he's gonna freak out try running out but nope he stayed in that bed and he got his throat cut 
perfect way to kill someone, of course, in a horror film. That's how they all die, usually, is getting their throats cut. There's, that's actually how a lot of other deaths in this film happen, is they get their throats cut. It's crazy how long it takes for someone to notice that so many people have died. Because, like, three of the camp counselors or something are, like, playing something called Strip Monopoly, where every time they land on a piece of property that someone else owns, they have to take off a piece of clothing. It doesn't get too far before, like, something happens and, like, the rain gets so serious that, like, the door opens and it ruins the game. So, like, they all go their own ways. And, of course, they all end up dead except for one. But I just found it hysterical. I'm like, all these people are dying. They're like, oh, I wonder what's happening. They're like, oh, no, they're all fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's just six of you guys in the dark in the woods in a cabin that's haunted. You guys don't believe in any of it, but you know what? It's fine. (laughs) Surprisingly, throughout this film, I thought it was Jason that was doing all these killings. I'm like, okay, it's Jason, him as a grown-up, doing all these murders, but... Every time, like, a death scene would carry on, I'm like, okay, they know who this person is. And, like, when, like, the head of the camp and everything, the one that's opened it up and everything, when he's about to get killed, he's like, oh, it's you or something. So, like, he knows who it is, not just some, like, stranger with a mask on. I'm like, okay, it's someone he knows. It's someone familiar in the film that we've seen. Just who is it? And I couldn't guess who it was. And then when I found out, who it was at the end, I'm like, oh, how could I have known? I mean, I guess that all adds to the mystery of the film about like not knowing who it is throughout it all because it could be anyone. But I just want to kind of shift gears for a moment and talk about the aesthetic of this film. Watching this made me realize how much I miss the olden days, I'm going to call them. Even though I'm Gen Z, I was born in the 2000s, but... I really grew up like when everything was like changing, like when we first got like computers and technology and everything. Like I remember walking in to third grade and we had computers. I'm like, what are these? I'm like, what? And they're like, we have computers now. Like they just invented these, like these new ones. Like it was the MacBooks, of course, with like the iMac, the one that was huge. But I have never, I had never used one to that point. I'm like, what is this? So I'm very... A big fan I'm, I'm very a big fan yep that's my language I'm very a big fan of old-fashioned films like this because I remember the aesthetic and like how cool everything was and how everything like the buildings like the wood and the cabins and the tea kettles the stove no technology no phones no TV just plain fun board games I mean that's how I grew up with board games we didn't have technology growing up I literally didn't get a phone until I was 16 years old and it was just like an Obama phone or something so I just really enjoyed the aesthetic and this is something I can definitely see watching like in the background like if I'm ever doing homework or something or I'm just trying to like have the time pass I can play this film and I know I'll enjoy it because of the aesthetic and there's one scene that I really enjoyed the aesthetic of and I was just really soaking into it and it's when Alice, uh, she's like waiting for, um, I think it's either Jack or Peter. See, this is why I have to watch it again. She's waiting for someone to come back because like the power went out and she's in the kitchen and she decides to make a cup of coffee at night. I'm like, you're never going to (laughs) sleep. But she like uses a, um, a match to turn on the, uh, stove 
and then like she goes into the cabinet she gets out some coffee um like the coffee grinds and some sugar and <laughs> when she tries closing i'm sorry this is gonna sound so mean but when she tries closing the coffee grinds she doesn't close it correctly and she just leaves it like she attempted to close it all the way and it didn't work <laughs> and she put it on the counter and i couldn't stop laughing i'm like that was the biggest fail ever and i don't know why they kept that in the film because like that was 100 percent done on accident there's no way that was done on purpose because she literally was trying to close it and the top wasn't working <laughs> so she just put it on the counter but when she was using the sugar and she was trying to close that one like it closed all the way and she like did it really tight so i think she was upset that the other one didn't close all the way but i just found that scene really hysterical but again the aesthetic love the aesthetic the open cabinets with all the um glassware I just love the style of it, the fashion, the outfits, the hairstyles of this film. They're one of my top favorites. Like, I love the 80s, 70s time. 60s, 70s, and 80s are my favorite time in, like, history because there was so much happening. The music, the cinematography, the films. Of course, this is one of the films. This was 1980. This was, like, one of the first horror films that came out in the 1980s right after Halloween. And of course, I cannot forget the dining scene. There was uh, the guy that was like the head of the council before he got killed. I'm jumping around a lot. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just really excited about this film and talking about it. But when he was in the diner, I'm like, oh my God, a 1980s diner, an old fashioned diner. Because like now there's like TVs everywhere and like they had a radio in there. And I love the design of old fashioned diners. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can agree with me. It's just the aesthetic. I love the aesthetic. And if you guys don't know what aesthetic means, like, I'm talking about like the design about um, no technology, the cool outfits for the stewardess and the people that are working there, the food, uh, the lighting, no technology, only radios playing in the background, uh, jukeboxes, all that kind of stuff just is really interesting to me. So I really enjoyed the dining scene, even though it was like 30 seconds to a minute long, um, but I really enjoyed it and I liked that aesthetic and I'm going to keep talking about the aesthetic literally until the day I die because... I just really enjoyed it, the aesthetic throughout the entire film. Literally, the girl that played Annie, she got in a car by <laughs> hitchhiking, and she just threw in her bag and got in the front seat. I'm like, okay, yeah, just ride with a complete stranger. Don't, like, that's safe. You can't do that today. Like, <laughs> the, you cannot, because that's so dangerous. Like, we have Uber and Lyft these days now, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Alright, now shifting gears again, I just want to say that I think this film is kind of a copycat of Psycho in a way, and I know I'm going to get attacked for saying that. And the reason I say that is because the music is so similar, the way that some girl dies while like she's in the bathroom, like right next to the showers, she dies there, there's just so many similarities, and then the cherry on top of it all, and I'm like, okay, this is 100% a copycat of Psycho, but like in a different way is when we find out who the killer is and it ends up being Jason's mom who kind of has a vengeance against all these camp counselors. She doesn't want this camp open, but she speaks like her son. And it's so weird. She's like, killer, don't let her get away, mommy. 
and I'm like, oh, okay, this is literally psycho right here. But in this situation, a woman, the mother this time, is portraying the psycho. And she's actually the one that's been killing everyone. Surprise, surprise. If you guys haven't watched it, I just ruined it for you. But I loved this dynamic and this difference between psycho, which was like back in the early 1900s, mid 1900s. And then this one's in the late 1900s. But I wasn't upset with it. Usually like when movies copy other films, I'm like upset with it. But I actually enjoyed it because like they took it in a different direction. They changed around a lot. But it's just the music. Like right when I heard the music in the beginning, um, like with the girl like walking around town, I'm like, this is an example of psycho music. This is literally it just slowed down. But like I said, wasn't upset with it. Really enjoyed it. Um, okay, now I want to talk about the fight scenes in this film because they were hysterical as hell. Now there's like an extended like 15-20 minute fight scene if I recall correctly. It's probably even lower than that. But um, the fight scene between Annie and Mrs. Voorhees, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. When they fight, it's like so hysterical. Like this freaking lady is so weak. And it's like so dramatic and like there's slapping that happens. And I was just laughing hysterically the whole time. I'm sorry, like <laughs> I couldn't hold it back because I'm like... She's so tiny. You guys are both so tiny and you guys are acting like you're getting like beat up by each other. I'm like, slap the shit out of her and you'll be fine. Like, kill her somehow. And like, there's three different instances where she knocks her to the ground. Where Annie, the final girl in this film, knocks Mrs. Voorhees to the ground three different times. Three. Now keep that in mind. Three. But each of them is like so dramatic. Like one time she hits her in the head with like a pan. Another one she just shoves her into like the floor. And then the third time, which was very graphic, was when she sliced her head off with a axe, I believe it was. I believe it was an axe. She sliced her head off and you could see all the organs in the neck and it was just... Very, very, very disgusting. Did not like seeing that visual. I'm like, I don't need this to see this. But this is an example of when I say this film was so gory. But back to the rule of three. I have to talk about the rule of three. Now there's so many examples of the rule of three and if you guys don't know about the rule of three or what I'm talking about, three represents like kind of an insult to the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a sign that something evil is nearby and I'm trying to like remember all of them because like they're really scattered across the movie but the one example I just talked about is when they like get in a fight three different times. Um, Mrs. Voorhees actually slaps Alice three times uh, when one of the guys, I think his name is Jack, when he's at the dining place and he's like asking how much he has to pay, she says $2.25, but he gives her $3. And then there's, of course, the three people playing Monopoly. It's three of them. 
look at how many threes there are in this film. I just want you to think about it for a moment because there's so many examples of it. Uh, when she, the girl Alice at the end, she like survives and everything. It's her and there's a nurse and a doctor. Three people in one room. I know you can say this is all coincidence, but it's not. Oh, my favorite one besides the uh, money one is like with the three dollars is when on like one of the doors in the cabins it like says danger keep out and there's three different signs that say danger keep out they did this purposely there's no way that it was all coincidence all these signs of three throughout the entire film but i just loved it so much and i really enjoy when people incorporate the rule of three into horror films because it just makes it so much more terrifying and i already know when i watch this film again that i'm going to notice so many other examples of the rule of three so i am very much looking forward to that overall i really really enjoyed this film i love the aesthetic of it i'm gonna keep saying that i love the aesthetic the 1980s was like such a prime moment for horror films excluding halloween because that one was 1979 but there was just so many good films that came out in that time and when I was like researching Friday the 13th, I realized that there's literally a second one. Like it's, I think it's called part two or something that is in 1981. So now I have to watch that one to see what happens. But before I close off, I just want to say that ending scared the living shit out of me. When Jason jumped out of the freaking lake and tackled Alice into the water, I screamed. I gasped, my freaking heart rate went up so high because I was so not expecting that to happen and it caught me off guard so badly. But I just have to say that because it scared the living shit out of me. I'm going to keep saying that. It came out of nowhere. It literally came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh my God, this happy music playing. Like, she's the final girl. She's living. I don't know why I keep slipping like, to this accent on a final girl or something. <laughs> Um, but you know what? This is a really fun episode. This is a surprise episode. I'm on three hours of sleep and I'm doing this for you guys and it is so late right now, but I'm hoping to get this up ASAP so that you guys can hear and listen to it and let me know what you guys think on this film. Please, please, please let me know if you guys have watched this film, if you enjoy it, if you've watched the entire franchise, there's like so many movies for it now. So like I'm hooked and there's a, allegedly a TV series. So I think I have to check that out too. But please drop below in the Q&A if you guys have watched this film, if you enjoyed it, if you didn't. Any future horror recommendations, please drop them below. We put the axe down. That is a wrap on episode 8 of The Horror Headquarters. I can't believe we're already on episode 8. Like just saying that, I'm like, I've made 7 episodes previous to this one. That's crazy. And I just want to thank each and every single one of you guys for listening to this podcast, for rating us on Spotify and on Apple Music. It literally means the entire world to me. I'm so, so, so grateful. I don't want to get teary-eyed, but there's so many people that have been like checking out the podcast and like letting me know how much they've been enjoying it. And then Spotify recently introduced this like thing where you can see the insights of your podcast and see how many people have viewed it. And there's already 5,000 people, over 5,000 people that have viewed my podcast within the past 30 days. That's so cool to me. Like seeing those numbers, that's so cool. And seeing how many people that are following the podcast just makes me so happy and are listening, tuning in, that are enjoying it. Just thank you. 
thank you thank you thank you all so much to you listening right now thank you i am forever grateful this episode is literally for you guys you guys voted for this you guys wanted the nun 2 and you guys wanted friday the 13th in the same week so i delivered and i hope i satisfied you guys i'm sorry if this episode was all over the place but this was like a really fun surprise episode that i wasn't expecting to do until you guys wanted me to do it so i really hope you enjoyed it thank you guys so much for tuning in but until next time tread very lightly and pray for forgiveness midnight hour is approaching